You are listening to the Heavenly Chi Podcast, episode 31. Today we're talking with special guest, Dr. Brad Wisnant, about master tongue acupuncture. Hey everybody, I'm Fiona Gitchum. And I'm Claire Pyers. And today we're talking with Dr. Brad Wisnant about master tongue acupuncture. Hi, Dr. Brad. Thanks for having me here. Good to see you, or good to hear you. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Dr. Brad is a licensed acupuncturist and certified medicinal herbalist, is a native of Oregon, graduated from the Oregon College of Oriental Medicine, and then later from Emperor's College with his doctorate of acupuncture. Dr. Wisnant is an avid student of Dr. Jimmy Chang, Dr. Richard Tan, and Master Tongue's acupuncture system. Dr. Wisnant has authored seven books on Master Tongue which have been received with great success. You can find his books on Amazon and you can find his website at pinpointclinic.com. The Heavenly Chi podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and professional development. Show notes and continuing professional development resources are found at www.heavenlychipodcast.com. You can add Heavenly Chi Podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and if you really enjoy our show, please rate us on iTunes. So we've got Brad Wisnat with us today. Thank you for joining us on the show. And we're wanting to ask you about... Master Tung acupuncture, and it sounds um, like just from what I know about Master Tung acupuncture, it's not the same as the Zung Fu type of understanding of the way that acupuncture points are prescribed, and it's different again to channel theory as well. Is there is there much that you can say about you know the theory behind the Tung acupuncture system? Yeah, of course. So first of all, I guess Master Tung was known for telling people to think for him think for themselves and so since he's obviously passed his disciples and teachers and students and students of students we've all kind of tried to figure out um, what the correct theory was and there's a lot of argument and disagreement as to what this theory or that theory is Um, but there's certainly some unique things in the tongue system it was passed down father to son for a couple thousand years and probably the basis of the tongue system is that we're trying to understand which zong is diseased and then from there pick points that treat the diseased zong or a painful part of the body if there's not a zong involved or something like that. They do have points on the TCM channels that we know of and there's also points that are not on TCM channels. And interestingly enough, the tongue system has no points as one, sorry, only has one point on the heart channel and that's not even really a point for a therapeutic purpose that's more for people passing out and like waking them up it's like a rescue point but that even shows you that the tongue system goes back even before TCM because there's no mention of the heart channel in the tongue system or points on the TCM heart channel so I mean it goes way back and there's a lot of similarities there's there's a lot of tongue points that are at TCM locations and there's also a lot of tongue points that are not at TCM locations. And that's what I've always said. One of the biggest hurdles for people um, is to learn new points. We've already learned so many point locations with TCM. And we can certainly rationalize it. We can talk about what's well, this theory, that theory, this idea, that idea. And there's certainly some very unique ideas to the tongue system, like the five zong lines or uh, these reaction areas or these certain ideas. But these points are just so darn effective um, when you get in the right spot and these points are based on choosing the correct theory as to why this person's sick, they work really, really wonderfully. And so that's, I think that's the power of it. But it, you're right, it is, an, you're, it is an individual system from TCM, and I think that's always a challenge for people because you do have to learn some new locations, and that can be a challenge after, you know, fifty to $100,000 in four years in school, and you have to now learn new locations. So that's certainly a stumbling block, but if people are willing to step over that, and look through that, um, I think there's a world of wonder out there and some amazing points that we don't think of in TCM and results that we don't get in TCM. How did Master Tung come across these points? Well, that's a good question, right? I mean, it goes back 2,000 years in their family. Um, it's a real good question, I, and I think that's the uniqueness of their style. They, they have a couple things that are unique to them. They have these things called a reaction area where 
or a nerve area, where each point regulates a nerve. So there's certain points that if we wanted to treat the spleen, we could put in certain points that this nerve would treat the spleen, and not just the energy of the spleen, but the actual pathophysiology of the spleen. Um, they have these other ideas called the Zong lines, where the, the, the crooks of the Tung system was if you could find the disease Zong, right, so there's the five Zong, if you could find which one was diseased, then you could bring cure to the body. So there's this big emphasis on, on figuring out is it the heart, the lung, the kidney, the spleen, or the what, the liver, trying to figure out which Zong is diseased. And each limb is broken down into kind of five lines, so depending on where you put a needle, um, you might say that's on the lung line or the liver line or the heart line, and then that would affect have uh, properties to treat the heart or treat the liver or treat the lung. And that's just, that's one, that's not the only reason why the points work, but that's certainly one unique concept, I think, to the tongue system um, than other systems. And is there any similarity with identifying the, like the causative zhang with five element acupuncture and yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly some, you know, some people, depending on what tongue teacher you learn from, um, if you look at a lot of the, it's a good example, most of the tongue points for um, aging and energy and fatigue are all on the spleen channel. And we might say from TCM, well, the spleen is the muscle and the blood, so that makes sense. Um, other people would say, well, actually, Brad, uh, it's on the spleen, that's the earth, and that controls the water. And the water is the kidney, and the kidney is the energy. So the earth is controlling the water. So it depends on the theory you like. But it's interesting if you look at how, you know, the tongue system doesn't really have any points on the kidney channel or the stomach channel for energy. I mean, it's, it's always on the spleen channel. So it's very interesting how these, these ideas, you can start to like, huh, how do these points come up? And I think, I th and I think this is the basis of the tongue system, because you'll notice between TCM and tongue points, there'll be a lot of points that are similar to TCM points, but they're just a little bit different. They're just a little bit here or a little bit there, but they're close. And I think, I don't know how that developed, but I do think that developed through time and experience. Because I mean, I've treated like almost 70,000 people, and you certainly learn things as you treat people. And I bet the tongue system over 2,000 years, they just realized by chance or ideas or just time, they're like, oh, wait. When I put the needle a little bit over here, we have a better effect. And the whole system was based in treating, you know, hundreds of thousands of patients. And I think that's where a lot of these ideas or, you know, why is the point there versus there? Because they just realized over time that was the best curative effect. That was the best therapeutic point you could pick. So there's certainly some similarities, but certainly some differences. Mm, that's really interesting to hear about the, you know, slightly alternate locations because... Mm -hmm. We all know some points do have alternate locations anyway, but also when I was learning point location, you have this specific anatomical location, but then we also, I was lucky enough to have a, a wise old teacher that taught us a lot about location by using the chi in your fingers and feeling for the point, and there was a lot of discussion on how that point, let's say spleen six, may be in a slightly different spot in certain people and that you can feel for it and then one day in clinic I was I have very sensitive fingertips and that worked for me and I was I always am feeling for the point before I put a needle anywhere near it in Perfect. case there's some kind of anomaly you know and, and it teaches me as much as it is me coming from something I've already learnt mm -hmm. so one day I'm needling someone's spleen six just you know a smidge away from the tibial border a little bit towards the kidney channel mm -hmm. and my supervisor said oh I don't know if I can give you a good um, review of your clinic work today because of your you didn't even know where spleen six was That's and awesome. I thought but but you know I was really present with where it actually was right yeah no I, I think there's a lot of truth in that um, and I and I I'm hypothesizing and I agree with you when I say if that's how some of the tongue points came about, but I just wonder if that isn't how some of those were figured out, and then they and then and then they adopted a theory later on to prove that point, right? The point worked. You're like, God, when I put it there, it had this amazing effect. Okay, what theory can I put in place that will help me understand why that point works so well? And I wonder sometimes that it didn't work backwards. Yeah. So. I think that's happening on, on a large scale with Chinese medicine at this point in time anyway. You know, mm -hmm. science is working mm -hmm. backwards to explain mm -hmm. why acupuncture works. Yeah.
there, there's certainly a lot of discussion within the within the tongue people or the or the balance method or the, all these distal people as to why certain things work or they didn't know about the theory with the tongue system or whatever have you. I mean, it's it's very well noted that Master Tong never really talked to his disciples and said this is why things work. He always said think for yourself and come up with a good idea. So there's depending on who you study with, they'll give you different ideas or theories. And and I think that's wonderful. I think that's nice. That's a good mental masturbation kind of thing for your brain and I love that stuff. But but at the end of the day, no matter what the theory is, the points either work or they don't. And that's the beauty of the tongue stuff is the points are that that effective. Can you give us um can you give us like your top five points that you would consider to be you know, the ones that you go to the most, the ones that you use the most? Yeah, I, I think that, that's that's fair. I mean, there's there's probably 700 points out there of the, of the tongue system, probably 300 depending on how you rate them or how you kind of, how you group them. But for sure, like anything, you typically use 20% of the points 80% of the time, right? You I mean, yeah. you pay 20% of your bills 80% of the time. You argue with your spouse you know, on the same, you know, 20% of time, 80% of the time, the 20, it's always that 20-80 rule or 80-20 rule. And so there are a lot of points, but most of the points you use, you know, if, if you have a good command of, you know, probably 15 to 30 points in a day, you probably use the same stuff. And probably for me, again, I've treated all over the world and I've, I've done a lot of nonprofit work. I think there's different points for non-industrialized countries as there are for industrial countries such as Australia or America or Europe. I think there's a different set of points that I most use all the time and the points I use pretty much all the time in my clinic obviously are the Lingu Da Bai, super famous for people. Um, those are in the hand, they're right around the like LI3, LI4 area. And then I use uh, the points on the upper thigh which we don't think a lot in TCM of the upper thigh as points. That's not a very common place. There's some very wonderful, powerful points on the upper thigh that work really well for all the types of conditions we see in our clinic. And if you look at my clinic over the last seven years or six years of the 65, 70,000 people I've treated, you know, the top, the top condition typically is pain. And then from there, you know, you've got allergies and digestion and sleep and insomnia. These very typical things I think most of us see in any industrial country, um, assuming you don't have a uh, specific clinic like fertility or something. But these points on the upper thigh are super effective and the points in the hand, they're, they're very consistent points I use all the time. And so those are the ones that I'll use pretty much all day on people depending on their condition, obviously. But those are very popular points. So those points on the hand, I'm, I'm really curious because we have a, a cl practitioner in our clinic who's trained in, in this system. And mm -hmm. I didn't really know much about this system until the last year or so, but um, one of the one of the things that I've learned, I guess, one of the microsystems was Korean hand acupuncture, where the Correct. you know the the spine is kind of mirrored along that that second meta metacarpal from you know from colon four down to the you know what I call colon four point five. <laughs> Um, and, you know, that you can treat, you know, neck pain and mid-thoracic pain and lumbar pain just kind of like palpating along that bone. And then, you know, she's treating my patients and she's like, oh, what have you done here? Is this like a, what's this point? And um, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, that's, a, you know, that's a tongue point for, for back pain. And I'm like, oh, is it? So obviously, like, <laughs> there's different ways of coming at the same outcome in terms of the theory. Yes. But is was there any kind of overlap with that, with the way that he came to know about, you know, using that system of points for back pain? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know because I never met Master Tongue, obviously, and so I can't, I can't answer that for certainty. But what I do know, if you look within the hand points. Um, you know, there's certainly the Korohan system, there's a Sujokan system, and the points that Tung uses on the hand all both overlap the Korohan system and the Sujokan system. So all these things overlap. That's why I always say to people, be like, well, no, 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 my way is the right way. Like, no, 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 my way is the right way. And everybody wants to be right. You know, it's it's almost like they're just different highways, and, and all the highways are going to take you to Melbourne, or they're all going to take you to New York City. One might go a little bit more west or a little bit more east or a little bit more north or a little bit more south, but they're all going to get to the same spot. And, and that's the beauty of acupuncture, right, is that we can pick 
you know, any system or anything. I mean, what we're looking for is a result. And, and that's why, you know, they say a trademark of a good master tongue practitioner is, and I used to do this, it takes too much time in my clinic, so I don't do it anymore. But the way I used to do it was, you know, the way they said good tongue practitioners were that you would ask the patient, you know, what part of your body would you like me to needle today? Because in theory, you should be able to take any part of the body and treat the whole system. Right? You should be able to take any part of the body and break it down and treat the zong organs, treat the disease, treat the problem, treat the pain. And so you should be good enough that where you're not restricted by a point, i.e. i.e. a cook. You know, a cook is restricted by the recipe or the cook is restricted by what's on the menu. A chef, a chef can create. A chef can take anything and make a wonderful dish. And that's the true mark of a tongue practitioner or any, any practitioner that you can take basically any part of the body and apply the points, apply the theory and have a have an amazing outcome. Responding without words because um, I'm just thinking yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you were so deep um, in thought you lost your words. You're like, oh. <laughs> you know, it happens to us all the time doing this podcast. We talk to people who really share with us their you know, their particular wisdom and knowledge and often Claire and I are just sitting here letting it absorb. <laughs> it's an, it's a awesome. really it's really great process for us. We get to learn so much. I'm going to ask a real newbie to tongue question, and that is, these points they they seem to have names I don't understand. Yes. Um, some of the names are pinion, and some of them are numbers that have a yes. lot of decimal places. Yes. C can you give me an introductory insight into what what that means? How do I yeah, find so these points? Yeah, no, so so the way the the tongue points people get a real big hang up with it. It's just like TCM. You know, you have uh, stomach thirty six. It's also called Zuson Lee, or you have spleen six, the three leg yin crossing point, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The big difference in TCM, TCM to me is like a map. It's like a river. It it goes places, right? So lung one starts a place and it goes down your arm and ends up at lung eleven. Right? It, it, it goes a distance, it goes a path or a trail. The tongue points are more just like a state or a providence, right? It doesn't go down a, a river, it just has a geographical location like this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot, versus like the TCM points are like a river, it flows and it goes places. And so the, the way it's numbered in tongue points was that they obviously all have Chinese names, that's how they're named. Me and most other white people, or I guess non-speaking Chinese people, have used this numbering system. And this numbering system has a lot of faults for sure. I mean, if I say to you, stomach 36, that means nothing. But if I say to you, that's the three-leg mile point, well, of course, that if I needle it, you're going to walk three more miles. Right? And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if I tell you, yeah, needle spleen 6, that means nothing. But if I say, hey, needle the three-leg yin crossing point, well, now that tells us something. Same thing with the tongue points. They have opinion name, and those names are important. Like this point, 1117, is called wood anger. Well, 1117 means nothing. It's a stupid point. But wood anger, I mean, that means it sounds like someone's pissed off and, and their liver. So if someone has liver fire or liver heat or liver anger, that would be a great point. So a lot of these points have, they all have opinion names. Some of them have opinion names and point numbers, and some just have names. And the way the points work is they just are named after a geographical location. And so, like the lower arm is named the three zone. So if you hear a point named 33.7, it just means it's the seventh point on the lower arm. And if they were to say, well, it's 4416, that would be the upper arm. So you know it's the 16th point in the section of the upper arm. And I think most of that said just because, when, especially when I speak, if I was to say Jin Zhong, to me that makes sense. That's 4406. But I bet many people would say, hey, what would you just say, Brad? And we'd spend so much time talking about my opinion, because I'm not very good at opinion. It's easier to use these point numbers. And for the non-Chinese-speaking people such as myself, the numbers have been a nice way to identify the points. But I strongly urge everyone if you want to understand the tongue system, you should, just like TCM, learn the name of the points because it's so much richer and fuller and, and the points will tell you what they do just merely by the name and it's quite helpful. But that's the difference between the points 
between the numbers in, in tongue acupuncture and, and the way we number in TCM. I, I think of a river with TCM and I think about just like a state. It's just in this geographical location. And in each part of your body, the hands, the lower arm, upper arm, the face, the feet, the lower leg, upper leg, the hand, and all these have different numbers and that helps you identify what zone you're in or what part of the country you're in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the <clears throat> the the tongue system gives like the GPS coordinates, and the, yeah, exactly. And the Zongfu system gives the street address. There you go. I like that. That's a very nice way to say that. I would agree with you. Yes. Mm, cool. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, and people have gone round and around, and and I just think again, I just use the numbers, um, just because I don't speak pinyin that well, and I when I talk to people, I don't want to spend all my time deciphering pinyin words. I just want to say the numbers. But I strongly urge everyone to learn uh, the 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 name of the numbers. I mean, thirty three oh six means nothing, but if I say a fire mountain to you, you probably realize it probably has something to do with the heart or the pericardium or palpitations or blood pressure. I mean, it, these things start to invoke visions of what they do, and that's why it's very nice to know what these these point name means, just like in TCM. Mm, yeah, definitely. And how many of these points actually correspond with a point as known in TCM in terms of same location? or in terms of same location and same use? Uh, I, you know, master, that's a good question. Master Tongue did use TCM points, typically with different indications that we're used to. I mean, like I, the good example, I like uh, Lung 7 and Lung 9. He used that a lot for back pain. We don't typically think of that in TCM, but that's, if we read the TCM book, we would see that indication there. Um, they did do... You know, the, the points he's famous for are these special points, and, and most of those points are not on TCM. Most of them are not at TCM locations. I would say maybe, I want to say probably 5 or 10% of them are actually in TCM-specific locations. Um, probably another 20% or so are very close to TCM locations, but there's certainly some that aren't. You know, we have a lot of points in the tongue system that are in between channels, and, and in TCM, either you're on the channel or you're not. And, and in the tongue system, there's points in between channels. And I think that's certainly something very unique to the tongue system. Mm. Um, but a lot of them are close to the, the TCM stuff. I mean, one of the most famous points in the tongue system is we call 8825. means nothing, right? But it's called, what, wind market, because it's right at the exact same point at gallbladder 31. And that's a really, really famous point. And, and you can see there that overlaps the TCM point. But the indications and the usage of that point aren't very consistent with how we use it in TCM. You know, in TCM, yeah. I don't know what we use. We probably use GB31 more so for leg pain or things like that. In, in the tongue system, it's by far the number one point for systemic pain, systemic sleep, systemic insomnia, things like that. And so there's, there's certainly overlap, but usually you'll see a different usage or a different indication. Mm, I think of that point as being all about anything related to internal wind. There you go. Well, that too, yeah, because it's wind market. Mm. That's the name, right? I mean, we know yeah. there's the beauty of knowing the name, wind market or wind maker. You're like, oh, it must have to do something with wind and pain, right? Pain comes and goes. Very interesting. And there's mm -hmm. an, and here's like an additional thing we don't talk about in TCM. So 8025, gallbladder 31, wind maker, wind market, whatever it is. It's also the reaction area of the four limbs, or the nerve area of the four limbs. And what does that mean? That means when you needle that point, it treats systemic pain in the four limbs. And so here are these additional theories. And we've got the gallbladder in the heart, we've got the gallbladder in the liver, the wood, the wind, the tendon, the bone, you know, in the ling shoe, the gallbladder is the bone. I mean, there's all these ideas happening. And so that's, I think, the richness and the deepness of these points, or these understandings of all these different indications. How many master tongue points are there? I want to say there's close to 700. I oh. it kind of depends. I mean, a lot of them are grouped in in groups, right? So you'll see, and I think this is a very interesting thing about the tongue system. Master tongue believed, and and I believe this as well when I traveled overseas. Most conditions are chronic in nature. And most conditions always have stagnation, whether it's blood stagnation or cheek stagnation or phlegm stagnation, I mean, some kind of stagnation. And to move that stagnation or to break that stagnation, one point wasn't enough. 
And so what they have, this beautiful idea in the tongue system, this dama, or this idea of putting two needles relatively close together on the same channel. And so you'll see lots of tongue points are in groups of two or in groups of three. Because what they believed or what they saw was, was that if I put one needle in, eh, it's pretty good. If I put one needle in and then two or three soon above or below, I put another needle in, that, that two needles didn't equal two. That two needles equaled three. Or three, three needles equaled four. And so you'll see, mo that's why when you ask me how many points in the tongue system, it, it's about 700 points. But you have to remember, it's really only about 300 because most of those points are in groups. So there'll be one point right next to, like, wood anger, 1117 is a two-point unit. Woo-hoo is 1127. That's a five-point unit. You'll see a lot of these points rarely do master tongue points. Are they, They're usually not alone. They're usually together with their friends. And, and I find that very powerful and a very appropriate way to treat people, especially in our societies, that typically if you, if you treat from an idea of moving clear versus tonify and build, you'll have a much better success rate with your patients because most of our patients are excess and stagnated or chronic in nature, which creates stagnation. Mm. I, I have to agree with you on the, um, the effectiveness of using multiple points in the, in the same area. That's something that I came across first actually when I was in China and observing the doctors there and, you know, they were using do 20 a lot and then they were also using the the extra points around that Su Shen Song, I think is the is yes. the Chinese name, which is kind of like you end up having essentially this cluster of five needles right on the top of someone's head. And yep. just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I just write it in my notes now as like do 20 plus plus. And mm -hmm. I do the same with um, gallbladder 30. It's an idea that I got from um, from another practitioner and, and um, yeah, just, you know, if you're putting in gallbladder 30 that don't just put in one, put in like three or four or more and you'll get a stronger effect. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. But, um, yeah, it's, the, I, I wonder, I'll have, to, I'll have to look further into it. I wonder how much of those extra supplementing points that I do are actually part of the Tung system. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the idea, right, this idea of, of using more than one point. I mean, another contradictory theory in the tongue system is we're, we're trying not to use a lot of points. We're trying to usually use less than six, I think, or use less than ten. I mean, I don't know. People never seem to explode on my table if I use more than that, so I think it's okay. But the idea is to use less points, but you use, if you use the correct points in two or three in a row, this Dalma effect, this, this synergistic effect, has a very strong effect on the affected zong or the affected issue, and then people heal. And that, that's the, and that was the crux of the tongue system, is that you know, we have to create an effect for people to heal, and that effect has to be created by the needles. If you create a strong enough effect, then you'll move enough blood or chi or whatever word you would like to use, and the people will heal. So that was, that's the idea of the tongue system I find very unique. I'm getting the impression, you know, initially when I see people writing about master tongue points, they're usually talking in response to painful conditions. Um, and even the titles of your books are related to pain here or pain there or pain in this spot. Um, but the way that you're talking about it as well is really indicating that it has a much deeper effect and it's actually really resolving the underlying chronic conditions or illness underneath where that I, pain is coming from. Yeah, I, I think that's, and, and that's a function of our society, and that's a function of our clinic, meaning that, unfortunately, most people don't come to our clinic for cholesterol hypertension initially. Usually they'll come in for pain, right, or allergies, or, I mean, these basic ideas. And, that, and that's a function, I think, of our societies and the time that we're in. And that's why it's so good to be good at pain, because pain is your entry, your, your pain is your gateway. So if you're good at pain, and unfortunately, in American minds, and I would assume in Australian minds as well, if you can't fix their pain, they're not going to let you fix, you know, their pancreatitis, which neither is here nor there, but the way people feel is pain's easy. And so the whole the whole idea has been on pain because that's kind of the gateway. You'll have a successful clinic. You'll have lots of people coming in. You know, that's something that we can see easily. You know, if you walk in with pain, you can walk out without pain. If you walk in with cardiomyopathy, that's probably going to take more than one treatment, and in our culture, sometimes people aren't willing to give you that time. So that's why this whole focus has been on pain. But you're correct. 
the tongue system is much deeper than that. And I think that's a great travesty that I've certainly done and everyone's done just talking about pain. I mean, Master Tongue used to, used to treat polio with needles. I mean, I've treated everything overseas. You know, I've treated leprosy. I've treated scarlet fever. We've treated, um, you know, mumps, bumps. I mean, all these crazy things, you know, tuberculosis. And that's all from the tongue system. But the thing is, you know, we don't see a lot of that in our modern-day clinics because those people go to the hospital. And so there's certainly a piece of the tongue system that is amazing, but we just don't talk about that much because, you know, I mean, granted, I saw, I had one Bell's palsy patient today, but out of 30 people, I had one Bell's palsy patient. You know, out of 30 people today, I had a couple, two, three uh, autoimmune disorders, and I had a couple, two, three fertility people, but most of them were pain, allergy, stress, insomnia, fatigue. Um, you know, the big thing in America is hypertension, diabetes. For all those are very big things, I would assume as well in Australia. Um, but yeah, it's much deeper than just pain. For sure, to say that it's just pain, I think, I think is is really selling the tongue system short. But it's mostly a function of our society of how clinics are run. Mm, wow. Well, there's a revelation for me <laughs> about about master tongue, and it's not just for pain. So I'll reset that in my mind. <laughs> You mentioned before about Dow Ma groups, and yes, yeah. Do you, can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the Dao Ma, I think the correct Chinese translation. Again, I'm a non-Chinese speaking person, so you can slap me later. But I think it means the most effective way that three horses can pull something, and when horses pull together, they have a stronger effect. I think that's what it means. So this whole idea of putting two or three needles in a row. And the idea there is that the needles have to be on the same channel. We have a saying that says you can miss the point, but don't miss the channel. So they have to be on the same channel in a row. And, and there's, there's measurements, you know, two soon, three soon, one soon, whatever have you, depending on the point. But they're in a row. And, and like I love what Dr. Chu said. He said, you know, always, it always sticks with me, you know, three in a row, tic-tac-toe, right? Just a cute little monomic. Um, but that idea of putting three needles together and then it creates a stronger effect than versus one needle. So if someone came in with a lung problem, let's say, or a heart problem, you would pick a Dao Ma that would address the heart, you would pick a Dao Ma that would address the lungs, and you'd have probably two or three needles in a row in each of those sets, and they, that would be a very strong curative technique to treat, let's say, if you hypothesize the lung and the heart were diseased, that would be a good way to treat those two Zong organs versus just one point in the heart channel or one point in the lung, one point over here, one point over there. I guess that fits in with other um, other acupuncture approaches where, you know, you're, you're pairing points together, you know, in groups mm -hmm. of two or three or four to yeah. get a greater effect yeah. and to create Very a... Very common, right? In TCM you'll do PC7 or PC6 or PC6 and PC5 for, you know, intestinal discomfort. I mean, that's a very common thing or you know, something like that, liver 2 and liver 3, or LI3 and LI4 for, you know, opening the gates and relieving stress. I mean, that, that concept of that theory is there, I think, already in TCM. We just don't talk about it or acknowledge it that way. But it's certainly there, I agree. Yeah, yeah, like, the, you know, stomach 37, stomach 39. Yeah, yeah same idea, yeah. same idea. Yeah. I had a class, and I don't know where it came from, but it was during the, you know, the microsystems stage of learning where, we were just told that, you know, this is, this is a little um, method behind if you're going to line up more than one point along a channel. And so, you know, if you put one point, it will do this. If you put two points within a sun of each other, it will do this. And if you put three points in a row, it will create more dispersal of the chi. And if you put four points in the row, it will do such and such with heat. And I can't remember what it was, but it went from one up to five or six points in a row, and they each had a different nuance in the way that they moved chi or brought chi or dispersed chi or dispersed heat or brought heat. That's cool. The, the, the one unique thing I, I think that I really like about the tongue system, and I think maybe other people would as well, is that they didn't concern themselves so much with tonifying or reducing or all that stuff. Just get the points in and let the body fix it. So it's a very no-nonsense um, treatment method. You know, you get the needles in, you get the chi, and, and you're good. There's no twirling, twisting, manipulating, whatever have you. So it's, it's one nice thing about the tongue system, kind of how basic it is in that respect. 
Mm. Yeah, because okay. some of the some of the approaches can be, you know, quite fiddly. That you've, you know, you have to put the needle on a certain angle and check the pulse, and then you might have to yeah. reinsert it, do it again, or you're kind of like mm. half a millimeter away from the point. Mm. Yeah. And that's and, and and I think that's wonderful for whatever style people are into. But I mean, if we were to if we were to say, you know, how do we uh, characterize a tongue style? The, the master tongue style would be that you put the points in location, make sure needles are at the correct depth, and that's it, you know, and let the body heal itself. Don't worry about the manipulation stuff. Yeah, that definitely yeah. suits my personality and the way that I practice. I'm very, yeah. very pragmatic. I'm like, yep, just just get on with it is really how I approach it. I'm, I'm definitely not a master craftsman in, you know, different needle manipulation techniques. I'm very much... A fan of putting and I've, and I've seen amazing people do that. I mean, I, it's so it's it's what you're into. So yeah, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah. So you've got some other points that you've given us in your in your list of top five, and we've covered the eighty eight point two five, which is the gallbladder thirty one wind maker wind market. Yeah. Then you've yeah, mentioned twenty two oh four. 2205 and 2205 yeah so that's basically like li3 and then li4 and a half or li3 and lingu and there, there's a point that overlaps dabai overlaps the li3 they're just such a nice thing because again they're so powerful for for so many things and if we could just you know quickly briefly if you think about it you know, the large intestine helps the kidneys so we're going to treat the bones the large intestine helps the liver we treat gynecological stuff if we look at images and channels, it's the low back, it's the uterus, it's the groin. It raises the chi or increases energy, helps the yang stuff. It's very good for low back pain and headaches because if you break that bone down into 12 sections, which is a microsystem, right, LI3 would be the head and lingu would be like the lower feet or torso, so very good for head and foot pain. Very good for face and jaw pain, you know, from TCM, right, the LI4 is the master of the face, so there's this whole concept. I mean, it, it's just a wonderful point for so many people that come to our clinic. And how many people come to our clinic that already have stagnation and stress and irritation and pain and fatigue and weakness? And, and that, you know, the large intestine fixes the lung. How many people can't breathe right? I mean, it's the sixth leading cause of death is lung problems. I mean, so it's a fabulous point for how many people that come to our clinic. And again, what's the top two people or top two reasons is neck pain, back pain, neck pain, low back pain, really. And Lingu is probably what made Master Tongue so famous was Lingu, you know, the Lingu point for low back pain. And again, why? We can look at the image, the channel, we can talk about all that, but then also there's a nerve there uh, for the ischium and the kidney. So you're getting this whole low back concept. So, I mean, for, for our modern day clinics, it's quite a powerful point. And it doesn't hurt. Everyone thinks it hurts. It doesn't. I needle it probably 20 or 30 times a day and nobody ever complains. Or maybe they just lie to me. Maybe it does hurt. I don't know. But no one ever complains. <laughs> It, yeah, my experience is that that particular location provides some really amazing outcomes clinically, in, yes. very, in you know, and immediately, you know, someone can tell yes. you within a, within less than sixty seconds whether yes. the points had an effect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, I mean, th th those nerves are conducting at you know what sixty feet a second, and if you and I are you know six feet tall, then that's basically one tenth of a second. That nerve fibers fired up to your brain. Your brain's done what it's going to do, and then it's sending signals back down to your body or whatever. And so, that's a nice thing. I mean, it, it's not like I tell everyone. It's not about I hope and you feel and we think that you are better. You know, either tell me right now that rubber meets the road. You know, are you better? You're not, and and that's how you can know if you did the right stuff. It's very. It's very just, you know, straight up, no BS, either you're better or you're not, and, and go from there. Mm, so important, I think, when you're treating pain, you know, that mm -hmm. you're setting the expectation. You know, you might leave the needles in, but even before you leave the room, you've got that expectation that you're setting yes. up with the patient that, you know, yes. that, that you want their pain to be almost gone or gone before yes. you even leave yes. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always shoot for my clinic. I mean, I, I always try to have... You know, at a, at a bare minimum, 50%, which is not, I think, a successful outcome at all, but at bare, bare minimum, 50%. But I'm always shooting for at least 80 85% or better. Obviously, my goal is always I want people to say, whoa, I don't feel anything. That's amazing. But that doesn't always happen. But 
you know, I, I would like to see 80% before I leave the clinic, before I leave the room, and the 80% of pain should be fixed within, you know, the first couple, two, three, four points. I mean, I'll probably still put in more, but, you know, there should be two or three or four points, but I was like, whoa, you got most of it. Okay, well, add in a couple more to get rid of the last of it. And, th and that also could be breathing. That could be allergies. That could be hypertension. That could be digestive upset. I mean, anything that they can palpably feel, and, and some things you can't feel, but if you could feel it, whether it's a stuck poop in your bowel or a pain in your elbow, um, I'm hoping that can go away immediately. And, and the tongue points do that. I mean, if you do it right, for sure. Hopefully not too immediately with the stuck poop in the bowel situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? I mean, that, that pain or that, that obstruction or that, that fullness or that, oh, my God, I'm so bloated, you know, all those types of things. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely a great response to a constipation treatment, though. Right? <laughs> it's quick. <laughs> It was out now. Exactly. <laughs> and so related to that, to the lingu points on the sort of between colon three and colon four and a half is sancha irasan. Are they the yeah, ones? Yeah. So sancha irasan. Yeah. So th those are what we I jokingly call because again I'm not Chinese. I call them the Wolverine points, and they're basically <laughs> just right. You can think about Wolverine. He's got this right. That's what it looks like. And yeah. And it's basically they're just inserted through the knuckles back to the base of the metatarsal, right? So back to the base. So basically, if you can think of where the needle would go in, let's say where triple or three is, and it should end up where triple or four is, right? So it's going through the knuckle to the base of the metacarpal. Very, very good for all types of neck, hip, back pain. Again, you can see the images in the channels. Um, I also like it a lot if you, if you turn the hand on the side, between the second and third finger, that's the you're treating the lung. Between the third and the fourth, you're treating the heart. Between the fourth and the fifth, you're treating like the lung and the spleen. So there's even deeper things that are going on there. That gets into Palmer diagnosis, one unique way they diagnose people in the tongue system. Um, but there's a lot of other things happening there. But very, very good for all types of, again, neck and back pains, you know, um, San Cha San, which means number three, right? San is three. Um, that's over there on the triple warmer. And that's really, really good for all types of allergies and opening the head and congested ears and congested eyes and congested nose, you know, opening the orifices of the face, all those types of things. Very, very powerful. Um, so, yeah, I use those points a lot. But, yeah, I kind of call them the Wolverine points. I mean, jokingly, so you can kind of visually see what they look like. Do you thread them, like, Quite Straight deeply back. into the hand. Yeah, it's just between the two knuckles, and it goes in the back. And and what I, and usually what you can do to make it easier, if you put a little bit of pressure on the skin up above, that'll make the skin a little bit tighter, so the needle slides right in. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Certainly, sometimes those points can be sensitive for sure. But okay. like I tell all my patients, you know, I mean. If I had a better point to pick, I would. I mean, today I had uh, three headache patients, and I needled all the bottom of their feet. It's a point fifty five oh six, but it's on the bottom of your foot. It, it's it's tough. It's mm. painful. But you know, you're you know, you're not here for love, and you're here for healing. And and unfortunately, I apologize. This is the best therapeutic point I can give you. And yes, it's going to be painful, but I'll tell you what, you're going to get better. And so a quick second of pain, and I will do my best not to make it hurt, but a quick second of pain for a wonderful lifetime of healing, you know, let's get this thing going. And so that's how I talk to my patients. But you're right, those can be painful, I agree. And I, I try to minimize it, but it can be for sure. Mm. Are they retained for very long? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? It says uh, the cycle of chi and all that is about 28.8 minutes. If you look at MRI studies, your brain will be releasing about 90 to 95% of all its stuff up to about 28 minutes. And from 28 minutes to about 42 minutes, so when it releases the last 5 or 10%. So very, very interesting, is it not, to see 3,000 years ago the exact same thing that we're seeing now with machines. Um, but yeah, I leave all my patients a half hour. I have three treatment rooms. I, I see three people an hour, and so that's how I rotate it. I'm just thinking about the um, the Sancha San point for the 
between the uh, the fourth and the fifth knuckle, it's um, you know if if someone comes in, they've got a blocked you know if they've got blocked ears or you know an yeah. ear ear inflammation. I you know I'm using Sanjiao three, but I th- I'm thinking that I might uh, I might use the Sancha San and kind of thread it under. It sounds like it'd be a bit more powerful, like more clinically effective. <sighs> I I would agree with you. I you know you could do triple more three or triple more four, and and even even in the tongue system they have uh, twenty two oh six and twenty twenty two oh seven, song by and shay by. It's basically right where triple more three is and right where triple more four is, but it, I think it's clinically better to put in san cha san because you get a bigger surface area, and and I think when we're you know if you think about the body that's filled with nerves and 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 nodes and things. If we can get a bigger surface area with our needle, with our point, I mean, certainly I, I, I've i seen it. It certainly seems like it to me that we're activating more things and we have a better chance for success. I mean, I just feel, like I said, it just shows my inability. But, I mean, since I'm such a poor needler, I feel more secure when I do San Cha San over, like, a triple more three or a triple more four because I'm getting the bigger surface area. So I feel like I get better chances. Better chance of hitting the point. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. It's a, you know, yeah. it's very practical. Uh, you know, it is right. I mean, because unfortunately, I mean, uh, you know, we're only as good as our last treatment in the eyes of most of our patients. And you know, if you don't produce results, I don't care if it's pretty or ugly. If you don't produce results, you're going to be out of business. Yeah, I mean, that's bottom line. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know. That's unfortunate. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but that's that's the environment we live in. You need to produce, and I don't care how much you produced last year. If you don't produce today, it don't matter that you produced yesterday. You need to produce today every single time, and that's why I think the system again is so good for our our economies and our our states and our countries. It's just that's how people treat us, which is un. You know, rocks are hard and water's wet. I mean, I don't. What are you going to say about it? Well, I think it's interesting, though, you know, there's a very clear distinction between, you know, what makes a good clinician is mm-hmm. not necessarily the same thing as what makes a good acupuncturist, you know. 100%. I'm 100%. self-professed, I'm nowhere near the world's best acupuncturist, but I'm a great clinician. Yep. Yeah, 100%, I agree with you. That, that, that's two different arts for sure. Mm. I'm really fascinated with these points now. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to move along. I'm going to move along. <laughs> Job well done, Brad. And ask about Goosey Ersan. Oh, yeah. That, that's a really nice point. Like, so there's a good example. Those points don't have numbers. At least I don't know of the numbers. Um, and, and they're basically called, you know, Goosey, I think, means straight bone. So we already be thinking of their bone points. They're probably going to treat something in the bone. And they're on the large intestine channel, and they're basically about around LI12 area. They're LI12 and maybe LI13, if you're thinking in your head where those are. Um, but they're three points, really, really good for spine pain, back pain. And what's really nice about them, they have the reaction area or the nerve area of the do channel. So it's a really nice way to treat the do channel um, by treating these points on the arm. And they're on the bone, so the bone gets a kidney, the bone gets a gallbladder, a large intestine, kidney, large intestine, all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, lots of ideas, but very, very effective. And, and what's nice about these, those points, they don't just treat, like, let's say, upper back pain or low back pain. They do, but they just also treat the whole spine. So it's a very nice way to treat people with, like, just, you know, all these arthritis and degenerative conditions and compressions and bulges and all these things, you know, all these spondylolysis and all these things we see all day. Very, very easy points and effective points. Great. I can give you some instant feedback. Yeah? Uh, just before we got to that topic, I had some uh, sacrum pain. Yeah. Which I get from time to time because I broke my coccyx a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I just massaged and pressed on the most tender area below large intestine 14, mm-hmm. between there down towards large intestine 12, mm-hmm. and it is actually quite tender. Yeah. Me to press. No needles here, just three fingers poking in, and my sacrum feels fine immediately. See? There you go. There we go. Piece of cake, $35. <laughs> Thank can, you. You can even do this over the internet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the, the other points I listed there, 88, 12, 13, and 14 are nice because they're not really pain-related. They're on the um, 
they're on the liver channel at the same at the same height as gallbladder 31, and they're really good. And I would assume again, Australia is somewhat similar to America. Lots of obese people and fatigue and stuff. And you know, classically, and this is what I like about taking the tongue points and adopting them for new problems. You know, classically, we always think, well, if someone has fatigue, we got to treat the spleen. But we know now from Western medicine that you know most of these kids now are fatigued. They have fatty livers, and you know the liver has over 600 functions. And if your liver isn't functioning, there's even now a new hepatitis D, right? You've got Hep A, Hep B, Hep C. You have hepatitis D, which is clinically induced from all the Western medications people take. So I mean, the the liver is certainly the organ of destruction within our our industrial countries. And those points on the liver channel are absolutely fabulous for treating all types of liver issues, you know, not only from eye problems, vision problems, all sorts of headache problems, but all the fatigue people. And if you think about liver blood, liver weakness, you've got what? Insomnias, you've got stresses, you've got all sorts of depressions, and all, you know, it fatigues, you know, and even the liver's the gin, so you've got all this bone muscle gin. The liver's the most disrespected channel for pain one of the best channels for pain because of the liver's the gin, if you look at what that is. So very, very wonderful points, again, for people that are in our modern-day clinics because they all have that. I mean, it's just quite amazing. Where are these points? So if you basically go to gallbladder 31, and then you just take that exact same point and go to the liver channel. Oh. That's the first point. And then mm -hmm. you just go three up and three down. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, very, very, and, 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 and again, there's a three-point down line. You go to gallbladder 31, you come to the liver channel, exact same point. That's the first point, 88, 12. You go three up and three down. I don't even do the point that's three up because you're kind of too much in people's groin area. I just do those two points, and they're just amazing. I mean, they even saved my, my daughter's life. I mean, my wife, we just had a daughter, and she was supposed to be premature. My wife was supposed to have a C-section. My wife was supposed to be on bed rest. My daughter was supposed to be born super early. And those points that it's because again the liver channel, liver goes up in the groin, right? Liver helps slippery fetus. And my wife was all uh, had a low. Everything was coming out. You know what's the the placenta previa? Is that it? The mm -hmm. Western word? Yeah. Yeah. So she was in trouble. And those points like lifted everything. I mean, so that not only are we just talking about pain, we're talking about saving my young daughter's life. I mean, so there's the whole gambit right there of using the tongue points. You know, I mean, unbelievable. Would I ever do that on a patient in my clinic? No, there's no way, obviously. But treating my wife, you know, two or three times a week in my clinic using those points, I mean, she was never on bed rest. She had a beautiful pregnancy, no C-section. My daughter was carried full term. My daughter's super strong and healthy. And, like, and when we asked the doctors, hey, how come everything worked out? Uh, just a miracle. We don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you guys know how it is, right? Oh, uh, wouldn't have been the acupuncture. <laughs> That, but that shows the depthness of how these points can be used. You know, that's the depthness of, of that system. And so that's, you know, that's the power of that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, I was, you know, we were we were super freaked out. You know, I was like, holy shnikes, man. This is like some serious crap right here. You know, serious. <laughs> yeah, I like that experience. Yeah, well, like I said, rubber's got to meet the road, you know. I mean... Let's, these points are supposed to keep your fetus from coming out. That's what it says. They're for slippery fetus points, habitual miscarriage. Let's do these, and hopefully it works out, and sure enough, it did. But, I mean, you know, without that, I don't know. I guess the next step would have been duct tape. I don't know. <laughs> and so um, so you mentioned you were treating your wife two or three times a week um, over a period of time. How, how often do you see your patients in clinic, ideally? Yeah, so... Yeah, my, my patients in clinic, ideally, I mean, I certainly have some patients I treat every day. That's certainly the exception, not the norm. I've treated kidney dialysis people, people going on kidney failure, um, people that want to induce uh, pregnancy, um, all that. They're, those people I kind of treat every day. But normally, you know, 95% of my people, um, I'll treat them, I want to treat them four times in about 10 days to 14 days. And then we look at a trend. You know, are you improving? Do you enjoy me? Do you enjoy the clinic? Do you enjoy me putting needles in you? Um, are you improving? What's happening? Let's talk. And then if they're improving, I continue to see them. And usually what I'll do from then, I'll see them twice one week and then the next week once. And so I go two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one. Um, and I give most of my patients herbs, um, but that's usually I like to see my, my acupuncture is two, one, two, one. If I see them twice every week, then I get stressed out. You know, I just I like to space things out. What's the theory behind two one two one? 
uh, my anxiety. <laughs> my stress. If you weren't so stressed, you'd see them twice a week all the time. Well, yeah, if I didn't have stress, yeah, if I didn't, yeah, I would see them all, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking. I think I do mostly, again, just because, uh, you know, it's a busy society and people, and the people that, that I don't give herbs to, I do see them twice a week until they're better, you know, until they're a lot better consistently, and then I'll put them down to once a week or once every two weeks or once a month or mo once a season, whatever have you, but somewhere between that, two times a week. I try not to see people three times a week, I just think it's too much, and I also try and give people homework and herbs and ideas, and and so there, you know, I always try and tell my patients, it's not about me helping you, it's about you and me being a team, and my part is the acupuncture and the herbs. That's that's one part, and the other part is you, and that's that's meditation or prayer or your loved ones or exercise or diet or whatever. You and I got to work together, and that that's where Western that's where Western medicine and us are different. Western medicine is a dictatorship. I tell you to take the pill, you do it, you shut up. That's what you do. In, in, in Chinese medicine, we work together as a team. And, and my part is the acupuncture, the herbs, and education. Your part is whatever we figure out. And so that's why I think it's okay with this two times a week, one time a week, because we're trying to do other things. And my patients that aren't team players or team members, you know, they, they want me to do everything. And I tell them, hey, man, this ain't rainbows and unicorns. We've got to work together, brother. We, you know, we're doing medicine here. We're not doing magic. And if I, don't have, if I don't have your cooperation, you know, what do you want me to do? So that's how I talk to them. Yeah, that sounds that's great. really, really nice, direct and down-to-earth way of putting it. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think the, I mean, there's all sorts of research that shows uh, a better informed patient heals quicker than a non-informed patient, and it also shows that a patient that's involved in their healthcare, as we all know, I mean, that's our medicine, they do better than patients that are not involved in their health healthcare, and so that's the education, as you guys all do. I mean, everybody knows this stuff, but. That's the two times, one time, two or one times a week, depending on herbs or what they're doing. That's usually what I do. And and trust me, there's that's certainly subject to, well, this month you're doing well. Let's just see you once a week. Well, Brad, we had a setback. You know, things aren't going well. Uh, we got a new issue. Okay, let's go back up to twice a week. I mean, there's certainly that's not a static thing. It's very variable, right? Depending on the people. And I try and touch base every two weeks with my patient. Hey, let's do a recheck. What's happening? How you doing? Are we are we making your medical goals or am I meeting your expectations and, and continue from there. And do you yeah. do that personally or do you have a, a like a practice manager who does that? That's me, man. I do everything. I'm the janitor, the acupuncturist, the shipper, the sweeper, the toilet scrubber, the towel changer. I do it all. Wow. So no, you don't have a receptionist? That's my wife. She does all that. Okay. <laughs> my wife runs the front, I run the back. Yeah. That's great. You're but, a team. But, but I do all the needles and I talk to them about money. I mean, my wife collects some money for me. I mean, because she runs the front. But you know, I, I talk to them about the money and, and what needs to be done and, and the practice management and things like that. Uh, my wife doesn't do that. Just me. I would like to have someone that, of course, and I'm buying a new building and I'm going to expand and all that. But that's that's down the road. But you're right. That's uh, probably a better way to do it. And just before we finish up, we had um, one of our guests earlier in in the year. Uh, we had Jeff Shearer on, and oh yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, he um, <laughs> he's awesome, and he he actually quoted you. He he really? said that yeah he did, and it was on an episode called "Help My Clinic Is Sick," and he he said that you know according to Brad Wisnett, you need to do you know if you're going to do ten um, CPD courses each year, that the majority of those courses should be on running your business. I 100% agree. You want me to speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the unfortunate thing, right? I mean, you and I, we have to, you know, you and I are not the mainstream medicine, right? Idiot doctors just open up the door and they get a million patients. The problem with our industry is that, you know, and this is a question I always ask people, you know, who's going to be out of business first? You know, the best acupuncturist and the worst business person or the best business person and the worst acupuncturist? And, and the answer, unfortunately, and it's a crying shame, is the person that will be out of business first is the best acupuncturist and the, and the worst business person. And it's such a shame to me because there's so many talented, beautiful, smart, intelligent, and technically advanced acupuncturists that are struggling. 
And and we got to run a business. And why is that important? Because if you don't run a business, you can't heal anyone. Because if you can't if you can't if you can't run a business, no one's going to come in your door. If you just focus on treating people, you're not going to keep your lights on. And so people say, well, I just want to treat people. I want to focus on the business. Well, yeah, brother, I get that. But you know, that's just like saying you want to grow a farm, but you don't want to water the crops. I mean, you've got to water the crops, and that's running your business. And you know, if you don't if you don't run your business right, you're going to be out of business. If you're out of business, you're not treating anybody. And and until I win the lottery, or until I, you know, have a rich spouse, or or someone just you know give me a ton of money, then yeah, I got to make money. So, you know, that's and 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 the way we get good at acupuncture, and I think most people agree, is by experience. You got to treat a lot of people, and you got to fail, and you got to learn, and you got to study and, and think things through, and then you got to see what happens, and you got to learn from those failures, and you learn from your successes, and all that comes with experience. And how do you get that experience if you're not treating people? So you got to run a business. You got to treat a lot of people, and the only way to treat a lot of people is to have a good business. So that's that's why that stuff is so I think important, and people don't want to look at that, and that's fine. But it just breaks my heart how many amazing, beautiful, wonderful people there are, and they're so smart, and they got such loving, healing hands or loving, healing heart, and they're working at freaking Starbucks. That that's a crying. It's a crying shame. Definitely. I'm going to jump on to this impromptu business coaching session and ask, because I know a lot of practitioners face this, if I treat my patients more than once a week, do I change my prices? What kind of prices can you charge for treating someone twice a week or even four times a week? Well, I mean, I, th I think that's up to everyone. I mean, you can run in a community clinic, you can run cash insurance. I mean, however you, however you want to justify what you do, I think it's all valid. I mean, here, here's my deal. I mean, my deal is I have a price and I have a value, and I and that's what I charge. And certainly, some people can afford it, and certainly some people can't. And I'm okay with that. And and you just gotta be okay, like me. Like, like I always say this, people understand this. I talk about dating a lot, or women, or men, because people get that. I mean, you gotta be okay with. I look a certain way. Some women will find me attractive. Some women won't. And that's just the way it is. And and you but you got to be true to who you are and and who Brad is. I got to dress a certain way. I got to be a certain way. I don't want to act a certain way and have a girl like me because that's not who I am. Like I need to be me. And and there'll be people that'll like me and there'll be people that don't. I mean, hopefully there's enough. There's obviously one because my wife married me. But same with business. You just got to be you. And whether that's you charge people, you don't see the 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 big mistake there is that you're deciding for the patient what they can afford. I don't decide for them. I have my value. I have my price. And if you can't afford it, then I apologize. But that's what I have to do, and and that's how I run it. And I just try not to make any apologies for that, and and I try not to think for the patient. Because I'll tell you what, I've seen so many poor people that could afford it, and I've seen a ton of rich people that wouldn't pay a dime. Hmm. So yeah, I agree with that. And really, they're right? paying, they're paying for an outcome. They're not paying for you necessarily. Yeah, like, and uh, they're paying for the treatment. Yeah, and and. And I, and I just think the biggest problem is most acupuncturists aren't seeing enough people to begin with. So when someone says, well, God, Brad, I'd love to come see you, but I can only pay 20 bucks," And you're like, well, yeah, I'll treat you. Come on in, man. Let's, let's get to work. I mean, at some point, you've got to say enough is enough. This is my value, and this is what I charge, and I'm okay with you saying, you know, Brad, you know what? Um, you're too expensive. I'm going to go see someone else. Okay, that's fine. You know, on a plane, hey, first class gets to the same time as coach. And some people fly first class. Some people fly coach. I mean... It, it just it's just what how you value yourself and that's what I just I, I would tell practitioners that it's just hard to do that when you don't have a lot of patience if you don't have money if you're stressed about paying your bills that's a tough call to make and that's the tough spot people are in and I, I used to be there I used to be dead broke I used to have no money and I you know if someone had two cents I'd treat them I mean you got to do what you got to do to eat and there was a time when I couldn't eat so I get that but if you can get to a point where you can define your value and then not make your, then don't make the decision for the patient. Just allow the patient to make the decision and then be okay with either that's good or it's not. And say, okay, well, when you've got money or, or when you choose to invest money in your health care, I'll be here. I think there's definitely a realization for a lot of practitioners who've had this experience that raising your prices often makes you busier. It totally does. It's just a matter of getting over that attitude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my cash price, my my, and I think it's relatively expensive. I, I'll, you know, it's expensive to me. But I mean, my my first rate is 150, and then my follow-up visits are 95, 
if you want to buy a package of treatments, I'll sell you like 10 treatments for 750 and that's it. And, and some people, I had a few people today say they couldn't afford it, and, and I'm okay with that. But I also sold $1,000 worth of weight loss products today because I sell the 60-day weight loss program for 400 bucks for 60 days. I mean, and they can't afford it, but to them, it is valuable. And, and if I can deliver an outcome, which I will, I told them if they don't lose the weight that I said they would, I'll even buy it back. I mean, I, I'll put my money where my mouth is. But they'll lose the weight, and to them, that's important. And, you know, they've made the choice to do that. And certainly some people won't make that choice, and that's fine. Wonderful. Thank you for tacking on the impromptu business coaching at the end of the, the master tongue discussion, <laughs> Brad. Well, and, and I think it's important because because I know a lot of amazing master tongue practitioners that are better than me that struggle. Yeah. And, and that's and, and and I think that's why it is important that you can't separate it because if you're you could be the most amazing acupuncturist in the world and guess what if you're if you're out of business so what you can't help anybody. I mean yeah. so what. I mean, if you're if you're dead broke in a cave, so what? What what good have you done? And so that's the idea that you've got to be a a good practitioner, obviously, but then you also have to be a good business person because if you're not in business, who are you going to help? And what are we in business for? I mean, we're doing this to help people. And and think of all. I mean, what's the richest place you've ever been? The richest place I've ever been is the graveyard because all those people die with gifts and abilities they never gave the world. Right. So. All these people need to share their gifts, and that's why you got to be good at business, and that's why we can't really separate it. So I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that with us. Sure. And well, thanks to our uh, listeners for, for tuning in for another episode, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's episode. And you can do that on our Facebook page, and you can also visit our website, www.heavenlychipodcast.com. If you like the show and you're enjoying what we're putting out there, please rate us on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on, Brad.